Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Rock Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Mitz. Today, we are recapping a bunch of COVID cancellations because there's not really actually a game to talk about that happened since the last time that I uh, podcasted here with you guys. But uh, we do have another game on the schedule, uh, so we will be talking about that one. Of course, to help me do that, as he usually does, it is Steve Fetch, our basketball editor over at Rock Talk Talk. Fetch, how you doing tonight? Hey, good. How you doing? Doing pretty good. All right, so... Obviously, the biggest piece of news that happened was you and I did a preview for a Colorado game that didn't happen because it got canceled an hour and 10 minutes before it was supposed to start uh, due to COVID issues in the Colorado program. Um, so so first of all, I am kind of curious, which one, which one did you think was a bigger deal, the fact that the game got canceled and that we're going to start having what appears to be COVID problems throughout the rest of the season, um, or the fact that it wasn't Kansas that had their game canceled because Kansas isn't the one dealing with COVID? Yeah, I think, well, I think it's probably option three, which is that none of my predictions were wrong. Um, I'm going to say fair, that I would have gotten, I hadn't even thought about I that gotten all of them correct. Um, obviously, you know, I, I think it's probably that, uh, you know, Kansas didn't have any of the issues. Um, of course, you know, get, last year they didn't have issues right up until they did, which was during the Big 12 and NCAA tournaments, which is exactly when you don't want to have them. So, um, you know, I, I guess you never want anyone to get afflicted with COVID, but um, you, you certainly don't want to have it, uh, during the NCAA tournament. So hopefully that doesn't repeat this year, but, um, you know, glad that they, uh, found a replacement glad that they, uh, you know, seems like they're doing the right things as far as, uh, you know, getting vaccinated and, and, you know, not testing positive and stuff. So hopefully they can keep that going as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also one of those things. I mean, and, and we'll talk about it here at the top because it is going to be a big story. I think from a lot of college basketball, there's been an entire slew of games that have been canceled or postponed. Um, conferences are now rethinking the policy of, you know, causing forfeits if a team can't, uh, you know, can't actually compete because of a COVID issue because there are so many breakthrough cases. I mean, we're, we're seeing cases of entire teams that are vaccinated 
but one or two people or one, one person has symptoms and then everybody else that gets tested because of protocols surrounding that um, are then ruled out because, hey, looks like everybody's actually infected even if they don't have symptoms. And even though most of them are vaccinated or all of them are vaccinated at this point. So, you know, unfortunately, I think it's kind of one of the, the ways that we, uh, you know, or one of the, the new realities we just kind of have to get used to with this Omicron variant, um, that it is definitely much more transmissible. And it's a lot easier to get it, even through the vaccines, um, even if we're not seeing super symptoms. I, I don't really want to turn this into a, you know, political, should we be postponing games or anything like that? Um, I mean, if you if you have a thought about that that you just have to share, feel free. But I, I think we we probably could just leave this as a, Hey, regardless of what you think, right, about the protocols, about, you know, whether they should be canceling games because of people that are testing positive or not, that's the reality that we have to live in. Um, if there is a serious discussion about actually changing what those protocols are, then we can talk about that because it'll be important at that point. But I, I don't know it's worth our time getting into a big philosophical discussion about whether they should even be canceling games at this point, unless you've got something you just want to get off your chest. No, I, I think, you know, I, I made my... uh my stance on that known on Twitter when I just said, Hey, the easiest way around this would just make it a requirement that everyone have to get vaccinated to play or attend. Um, and, and to the fan base's credit, I didn't have uh, a ton of pushback on that. Maybe I muted everyone preemptively, I guess. But um, one thing I guess I will say, as far as basketball goes, um, I, I've seen some, some talk out there that, you know, there's, Oh man, are they going to cancel the NCAA tournament again? Stuff like that. And, uh, similar to, you know, last year, I don't think it's going to happen just because that is the NCAA's cash cow for the year. So, you know, they want those, uh, those TV rights. I mean, that's what keeps the lights on in that place. So, um, I'm definitely not worried that that's going to happen. You know, will it be a, a bubble scenario like they had last year? Will it be kind of a, you know, different dates and, and, you know, different, uh, you know, gaps between the weekends, so to speak, like it was last year, maybe. Um, but I do think we're going to get an NCAA tournament. Um, the, I guess the, the worry is, you know, how legitimate is that NCAA tournament? If we got teams, you know, missing a month because of COVID or, you know, you got teams that, you know, maybe are good enough to make it that have to pull out because of COVID and stuff like that, that all, you know, remains to be seen. But, um, I don't think we're going to have a, a scenario like two years ago where we had no tournament whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, and, and kind of to that point, like I, I would have a hard time imagining that there's going to be a a specific team that can say, oh man, we would have made the tournament if not for COVID, you know, sh- short of something like, you know, through no fault of their own, you know, they don't have to pause because of COVID in their own program, but they end up missing like five or six conference games that don't get made up or something like that, you know, for a team that in general was a middling team in non-conference and kind of was a middling team or even a good team in conference, but they missed their, you know, six best conference matchups against the best opponents because of COVID issues that weren't their fault. Yes, that's theoretically possible. It's not very likely. I find it highly unlikely that we're going to get to the end of the season and we're going to point to a specific school that says, oh man, their ability, you know, much like um, bad calls by refs in individual games. If if you are pointing to the fact that a ref lost you the game, then you are ignoring the fact that you didn't do what you were supposed to earlier in the game to make it so that that wasn't an issue. Um, so barring kind of like you said, you know, a month and a half or something like that where a team isn't able to play. Um, it's going to be really hard for me to hear a lot of cases about how this team got screwed and wasn't able to get into the tournament because of, you know, COVID for them. Um, you could theoretically make arguments about seedings. Um, but like at that point, again, you're still in the tournament at that point, you can go out and play your way. 
Um, it's not a perfect system. It's never going to be a perfect system. It's just unfortunately something that we have to deal with. Um, it's not ideal. You know, I, I wish there was a way to, to do this in such a way that nobody was going to have any kind of COVID cancellations. But, you know, I, I, I think we're hopefully at least trending to, especially with the vaccines becoming more available, you know, and, and even it, regardless of your political thoughts or whether it should even be political at all, you know, regardless of your thoughts surrounding the vaccines or, you know, the way that, that this is being handled or the protocols or anything like that, we are trending closer and closer to a, um, a state where we have a system that's in place that's going to make this just like any other kind of illness that we deal with, at least ideally. So, you know, yes, it's going to suck if you've got a player that comes down with the flu and misses an important game or something like that. But ideally, we're getting to a point where that is no longer, like it's no longer any more than that. We're, we're worried about that potentially for individual players or individual impacts, but we're not worried about a a systematic or widespread type of infection that's going to, you know, cause problems for a greater society as a whole. So um, once we get to that point, you know, this is going to kind of just be a footnote. Hopefully it's just this year is the last one that's really kind of affected by that. But obviously we won't know that until we actually get there. So um, I, I don't really want to belabor the point anymore with the COVID stuff other than to, you know, note the fact that we are already seeing instances of games being canceled or postponed. Um, Oklahoma State just in conference here is having some issues with, with COVID inside of their program. Uh, they have to, they've actually already postponed their season opener again or at Texas tech that was supposed to happen on January 1st. Um, that has been pushed to the middle of January. So we are already looking at potential issues in conference. You know, that's who Kansas is supposed to go to uh, for the second game of the conference season. So they are supposed to be there January 4th, next Tuesday. Um, so theoretically this could, could impact Kansas pretty early. The one thing I think that is the most promising sign is that they are not waiting until the end of the season or waiting until halfway through the conference season to try to reschedule these games. You know, the postponed January 1st matchup is going is scheduled for just two weeks later. So so it's not an instance where we are waiting until the end and they're not going to be able to get them all in. They're going to try to squeeze them in as much as they possibly can at this point. So hopefully that's a trend that continues as we, you know, as we potentially lose games, they get made up fairly quickly that will avoid us getting to a situation where Kansas feels like they have to add a random game at the end of the season because they haven't had any get paused uh, and, and don't have anybody to play for, for two weeks. All right, Fetch, uh, let's go ahead and jump over. You know, Kansas obviously had had another postponement or another cancellation, I should say. Uh, Harvard is dealing with some issues with the COVID uh, infection or a COVID spread inside of their program. So they canceled the game. Uh, Sunday night is when they announced that Kansas worked feverishly to find a, a replacement opponent. And they have been able to do that. Uh, Nevada is now on Monday night. It was announced that Nevada is coming to play Kansas uh, again at Allen field house. So it's going to be the exact same game that they would have had before it's on ESPN plus seven o'clock central. So all the details are exactly the same as before. It's just a different team that they're going to be playing. Uh, I'm glad that they were able to announce it when they did, because otherwise we were going to be recording an, an episode trying to preview a game that we weren't actually sure was going to happen. Uh, I didn't want to have another episode like the one with the Colorado where, you know, we made a whole bunch of predictions and we didn't get to find out if we were right. Um, although maybe depending on whether you would have been right or not, will determine whether you would prefer that they end up canceling that game too. So Fetch, looking at Nevada, what is the one thing that jumps out to you the most about this potential opponent here yeah i'm so i'm gonna i'm gonna cheat i'm gonna give you two here one um good addition by bill self they're actually ranked higher both in ken palm and torvik than uh both colorado and harvard so 
not doing any big damage to the strength of schedule there. And, and hopefully they can make up um, that Colorado game somewhere just with a, you know, with another non-conference game um, and, and maybe even a, a road non-conference game just because of, uh, you know, getting that road win is pretty big for your um, NCAA tournament resume. But uh, so Nevada, um, one, one quick one for you here. Um, they like to get out and run. They're, uh, they're one of the uh, top teams in the country just in terms of, um, percentage of their field goal attempts that take place in transition. Um, and, uh, you know, transition just, you know, for the record as defined as first 10 seconds of a, of a possession. Um, so, uh, they like to get out and run and, and big thing for Kansas is going to be keeping them from running because they're 39th nationally in terms of effective field goal percentage, uh, in transition, uh, 61.2%. Um, but not in transition that takes a plummet and it, and it takes a plummet for, for all teams. Um, you're obviously a lot better in transition just because of, right. you know, you get break, breakaway steals, you know, rebound, kick it out, go all that good stuff. Um, but they are 241st nationally in terms of effective field goal percentage when not in transition. So, uh, Kansas likes to get out and run a little bit as well and, and has been really good, um, running this year. But I think, uh, for Wednesday night anyway, it might behoove them a little bit to, to play a possession by possession game and really force Nevada to work in the half court and, and, you know, maybe not necessarily like slow it down, so to speak, but yeah, just try to, to, you know, make them earn a a grinded out win versus one that's going to be more up and down the court. Yeah. I mean, to your point, you know, their average possession length, according to Ken Palm is at 15.5 seconds, um, which is good for the 18th shortest in the nation. Um, Meaning that they do like to get out and run. They like to do that quick. They like to go often. Um, They pretty much, just really enjoy running it down your throat as much as possible, which is something that Kansas likes to do too, but Kansas is nowhere near as good at, at it. Um, you know, theirs is 16.3. So they're, they're number 69 in the nation in terms of possession length and in terms of trying to shorten it. So Kansas does it well. Colorado does it a lot better. The other thing that really jumps out to me in this game, um, you know, kind of just looking at the matchup is that Colorado is a very tall team. Uh, you know, their average height, I believe that that's weighted by minutes. Um, as opposed to, you know, just like a straight average of everybody that's on the roster, but I could be wrong. Uh, you know, they, they actually are a full two inches on average taller than Kansas is. Um, which isn't necessarily that surprising considering how, how guard heavy the Jayhawks are. Uh, but they do have some, some fairly tall guards, but you know, they have, uh, Colorado, I'm sorry, Nevada has two seven footers that play on the inside and actually play a decent number of minutes. So, um, you know, it's not, it's not like it's a, a case where they just have, you know, a guy that comes in and plays the entire game or anything like that. They have guys that they can rotate in and out. Um, it's going to make it difficult, I think, for, for Kansas here. They are going to have to, to really figure out how to deal with the extra height and the extra girth that, that is down low, um, that they're going to have to be facing off again. So I am curious to see how they're going to handle that. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, obviously it's, it's always important that David McCormick is, is playing well and is, you know, contributing offensively for this team. Um, but does it take on some added importance for you looking at how Nevada matches up against KU? Yeah. You know, I, I actually think this kind of um, plays into David McCormick's hands. I think he's a lot better when he's got a big man to go kind of mano a mano against down in the post versus, uh, you know, trying to get out in space and, and cover little guys and stuff. Um, actually one of the, I was just looking here, one of the, uh, uh, big men that they have is Will Baker, who's a, a Texas transfer who played for the Longhorns a couple of years ago. And 
Um, I'm trying to find what he did against Kansas, uh, in 2020 and I can't, uh, my, my Googling skills are not as good as they used to be, but anyway, um, you know, I do remember him being a, a pretty heralded recruit coming out of high school and, and just, you know, didn't really work out for him at Texas, but he seems to be playing really well, um, for Nevada shooting 55% from three as a seven footer. I mean, it's only 22 attempts, but that's still pretty impressive. Um, that might be an interesting little cover for McCormick, but yeah, I mean, in general, I think, um, having those big men to go up against is, is a, a better thing for him versus a, a worse thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems a little counterintuitive. You, you would think that he would benefit when he is, you know, bigger than the guy he's going up against, but uh, I can definitely see where it might be a challenge for him. It might be something that it would allow him to, to kind of stretch outside of what he normally tries to do. And it seems like that's probably the case for him. Um, if he can be more consistent, obviously across all types of opponents, that would be super helpful for the Jayhawks. But, um, I think if it's going to happen one way or another, you would rather that he gets up, I think, for, Cause he, he's not, he's not a particularly big guy. Like, yeah, he's the biggest guy, um, on this Jayhawk roster, but you know, 6'10 isn't something that's uncommon in, in the college game even. Um, and so, you know, he, he, there is a very good chance that he is not going to be the biggest guy on the court in any particular night. Um, even though he is the biggest guy on KU's roster. Uh, so if he steps up in those type in those types of games, where he's matched up on somebody that's bigger than him and really rises to that challenge. Um, it's at least something that you would be hoping, you know, is going to be helpful down the line, especially since I can guarantee that Kansas is going to come up against one tournament game, um, you know, where there's, there's a big guy that just dominates down low. And if McCormick can have his best game of the year against that individual, uh, can't tell you who it's going to be at this point, obviously. I, I wish I could. But, uh, you know, if that's where he has the best game of the year is when he's going up against a guy that's, you know, has three inches on him, and probably, you know, and probably 20 pounds, well, then you're going to take that every single time because, you know, that also means that the rest of the team can step up and kind of take care of the other things that are going on. But that's kind of what I think Kansas has done this year is that when when McCormick is the biggest guy on the court, you know, the the rest of the team that they're facing for the most part isn't good enough for for them to overcome what Kansas can do on the outside. And when it's vice versa, where the team is big, McCormick is rising to the occasion enough to really kind of help with what they're doing um, so that way that the rest of the team can pick up the slack and they can go ahead and actually pull that particular game off. So I'm probably talking out of my butt here, but you know what? It, it, it sounded good to me when I was saying it. So hopefully that's the way it actually ends up happening. And look, talking about the importance and the value of David McCormick reminds me of the value that your favorite teams will have for you on partner here at the podcast symbol symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off of your sports knowledge on symbol you can trade sports like stocks and every time your teams win you earn cash use that sports knowledge on symbol to buy low sell high and earn those cash payouts every time your teams win join the 8,000 plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams by going to symbol.com that's s-i-m-b-u-l-l.com create a free account and when you deposit use promo code chalk 12 for a money back guarantee yes you heard that right there's a, a great deal we've been running recently. It will probably be ending soon, so definitely want to get out there and, and take advantage of it. But by a money-back guarantee, what I mean is literally that. You can come on the pro, on to Symbol, try it out for 90 days, um, and if you know if you lose money, you just don't like it for whatever reason, no money, no questions asked. Just talk to Symbol; they will refund your that your initial deposit entirely, up to $500. So. Go over there, symbol.com, promo code chalk12. Your deposit has that money back guarantee up to $500. Head on over there, 
Figure out how much fun it is. Start investing in your favorite teams and profiting off of them today. Looking at Nevada, though, um, you know, what is it that they do really well that potentially has you worried? It's been, you know, almost two weeks since Kansas played. They might be getting a little bit rusty. Um, like, what's the thing that Nevada does? And, and I mean, we, we saw this in several other games where a team does, you know, Stephen F. Austin does something particularly well, and they were able to exploit that and really, you know, deal with Kansas lapses throughout the game to, to keep that one close. What is it Nevada does really well that worries you that they might be able to use to stay in this game and make this game a little closer than, than you would hope? Yeah, I think, you know, other than the, the transition offense thing that I touched on, um, they never turn the ball over. So, um, you know, the fact that they, they don't turn the ball over means, um, obviously they're going to get a lot of shots up. Um, they don't really hit the offensive glass, but with their height in Kansas's, you know, relative lack of height, maybe they will a little bit more and try to steal some extra possessions. Um, but also, you know, they're going to rob Kansas of a lot of those, you know, free transition opportunities if they're not committing those live ball turnovers. So that's probably the one thing where, um, you know, you might not get that six, eight points, uh, spurt in a row from Kansas like you would, uh, in a team that does turn the ball over a little bit. Um, one other note, I guess I just wanted to, to note on the, the whole Will Baker thing. Um, you know, I haven't seen him play this year, obviously, but if he's anything like he was at Texas, um, you know, the fact that he does like to float around the perimeter, the fact that he, you know, at least when he was at Texas, wasn't the, uh, you know, strongest guy in the world means that, you know, it might be a good opportunity to get Zach Clements some minutes. You know, one thing that, that he's really struggled with is defense down low and getting kind of tossed around a little bit. But if he can get out on the perimeter and guard Will Baker, um, you know, that can allow him to, you know, take advantage of his, um, his gifts on the offensive end of the floor, which is something that I think Kansas is, has been missing, you know, offense out of a big man this year. And, and I think he can really give him that. So this might be an opportunity, uh, to do that. Um, but yeah, I think as far as like you were saying with the, uh, you know, what they do well, um, I think Kansas just needs to, you know, one, force some turnovers where they can. Uh, if not, obviously, you know, stay there and, and play solid defense for, um, you know, for the, the full 35 seconds and then all our 30 seconds, sorry. Um, and then uh, also, you know, just do their best to, to keep Nevada out of transition. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think that that's going to be super important uh, for them to do, you know, especially you know, kind of thinking defensively. Um, Clements is definitely a, an interesting thought, you know, to, to kind of use him, but, I, I do, I do kind of get your point there. It seems to me that Baker, as big as he is, does play out on the perimeter a little bit more uh, than you're used to seeing from a big guy. And maybe that's a very small sample size. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. I frantically was googling stats and looking for clips and stuff to try to figure out what exactly it is Nevada brings. Um, you know, I, I kind of had an indication, of course, thanks to, to friend of the podcast Mike Vernon, um, that Nevada was going to be, you know, who it was that they were playing much earlier in the day than I probably would have if I wasn't paying any attention. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely one of those things where, uh, you know, I think he plays out a little bit more, which a guy like Clemens who can play on the outside and can guard on the outside, um, definitely I think helps a little bit to, to try to match him up against a Will Baker. So that will be very, very interesting. Uh, I do want to jump into some of the other matchups that we might have or some, some of the other things to kind of watch out for. But before we do that, I need to throw it to a quick break. We'll be right back on the Rock Chalk podcast. Welcome one, welcome all, and yes, I want you to be listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, presented by 1012 Network. If you are a fan, 
that is of a team that has 12 wins going to the national championships every year. They just love to talk about all the success that your program has had. Well, then you're probably not a Texas Tech fan. However, if you are a fan that just likes to really be in it every week and, and really have a real good shot at winning it, you're also probably not a Texas Tech fan. However, if you have really high highs and really low lows and really drink quite a bit, you might be a Texas Tech fan. So come along and party with us here at Tortillas and Takes. We're going to sit back, crack open a cold one, eat some tortillas, and as, and as always, we're going to stay wrecked, people. Basketball season is finally here, Big 12 fans. And for your home for men's and women's basketball, come to Midwest Madness. We are doing game coverages, going over game analysis, different rankings of teams, and consistently looking at the best matchups in the conference you're not going to want to miss out on all the amazing basketball coverage we have, so go check out Midwest Madness. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back. All right, here with Steve Fetch previewing this Nevada game that is coming up for the Jayhawks, the brand-new game that was just added to the schedule. Um, so, Fetch, we've, we've kind of talked about the down low, Will Baker, David McCormick. Um, what about out on the perimeter uh, and, and really kind of what Kansas is going to do defensively? Because, you know, I'm looking at what this Nevada team does. And, I mean, it's not like they're particularly efficient from the outside. Um, it's not like they guard very well in terms of shooting. Like, what are you expecting from this Kansas team, especially from the guards, and, and who are you expecting to have a big game to kind of step up and really light up the, the Wolfpack? Yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully you keep seeing Remy Martin, you know, continue to to play well. Um, he's obviously – you know, it seems like he's talked about every game where he's, you know, trying to uh, fit into what, you know, Bill Self wants him to do rather than just kind of going out there and playing basketball. And yet, despite that, you know, he's playing incredibly well this year, um, you know, could stand to probably get a few more assists. But at the same time, you know, we see teams uh, or excuse me, players kind of, um, you know, blowing it, so to speak, when he is giving them good passes and stuff like that. But been an incredibly efficient scorer um, defensively he's been a little bit of a you know a freelancer I'm sure Bill Soft would like to see him stop that but um, looking just looking to see him you know continue his nice running games and then I think you know Dwan Harris has had a, a nice run of games as well I mean I tweeted a couple of times that you know I think Kansas would be better served giving uh, you know Joe Yesifu and, and Bobby Pettiford when he was healthy um, some of Harris's minutes but um, in the last two games, he's been, uh, been really good for Kansas. Um, you know, he's passing the ball more, he's getting more assists rather than just, you know, people talk about him being the guy who, you know, sets up the play that sets up the play, which, you know, is all well and good, but you know, a lot of people can do that. So that's, that's not really like a, a thing that's unique to Dewan Harris, but actually getting guys the ball in positions where they can score is something that, you know, he's done a little bit more of the last couple of games. And, you know, obviously in that Missouri game, three or four from three, not that he needs to do that every game, but, you know, if he takes three or four threes every game, that makes the opposing defense respect him a little bit more and you can't just uh, not guard him. And that's going to open things up, not just for him, but for everyone else as well. So um, those are kind of the the two guys I think that I would um, like to see have big games. And then obviously, you know, you want, both Brown and, and Abaji to, to keep it going. And, and, you know, you want McCormick to do, I mean, the list is endless, obviously, but you know, those two guys are, are the guys that stood off to me just because of how important it is for guards to play well uh, in college basketball. Yeah. Martin has definitely come on lately. Um, but, but you're right. It seems like almost to the point where it was sudden enough that the rest of the team 
hasn't really caught up to what it is that he's trying to do. Um, you know, and, and Bill Self has talked about this all over the place that Remy Martin brings things to this team and does things energy wise that nobody else on the team can. And so once he finally gets ramped up, it's going to, you know, and he's getting ramped up now, it's going to take time for this team to get used to it because he's doing things in such a way that I think most people aren't used to. Um, but like you said, Dewan Harris being another guy there that is no longer the kind of that black hole on offense was absolutely huge. He has taken, a, I think, a much, a much bigger step forward than a guy like Marcus Garrett did, um, you know, in the similar sort of time frame. And so it definitely makes it a lot harder uh, to really sag off of Harris to help out elsewhere, which opens things up for a lot of other people. I am kind of curious. Uh, Jalen Wilson is a guy that I'm looking to continue to get going. Uh, he's, you know, kind of come on a little bit. He's still trying to find his role with this team, which is not something I would have expected to say at this point. I don't know if it's the, you know, the early suspension that kind of just has him, um, you know, kind of still trying to figure out what it is that he's doing or if there's something else going on or if there's just so many options that he's just having a hard time establishing what it is that he wants to do. But for whatever reason, he has not quite gotten to where I expected him to, you know, at this point. And, and really kind of thinking about it, you know, this is a, it, I wouldn't say it's a common problem, but it is definitely a common theme with a lot of these players. You know, Abaji had a, had a sophomore slump that took him a while to get through. Brown had a sophomore slump that took him a while to get through, and now he's broken out this year. Like, Wilson just seems to be taking a little bit longer to get things put together and getting to the point where he is ready to go. Um, I, I don't know that it's going to be something that's going to continue, but this is the perfect type of game to get him ready to go, get him ramped up, get him ready for conference play, uh, because it's going to be it's going to be an interesting conference play. Um, anything else about this game? Any particular other players you want to highlight for this Nevada one before we take a quick look at, at the beginning of conference play? Well, I, it was going to be Jalen Wilson, so I think we can we can skip ahead as far as I'm concerned. Ah, so I beat you to the punch. <laughs> That's all right. Okay, so uh, like I said, January 1st, beginning of the new year, uh, you know, that will be the beginning of conference play as well. It doesn't actually happen in the in the prior year like it has in a few years past. Um, we will have another episode to actually do a full preview. going to have Melissa Trebowasser of uh, Frogs of War and, you know, other podcasts here on the 1012 network, uh, the Funky Frog podcast, joining us to preview that game to kind of break it down and, and talk about the beginning of the conference season. But I don't want to lose the opportunity to talk about this here with you, Fetch, because, you know, going into conference play, what are your thoughts about the conference as a whole, how difficult it's going to be? Like Kansas's stretch at the beginning, you know, is they, they host TCU on Saturday, then assuming Oklahoma State has their COVID issues sorted out, they'll go on the road. Um, you know, January 4th to face Oklahoma State, then stay on the road to go play play Texas Tech next Saturday, um, and then welcome Iowa State in on the 11th. So, I mean, it's a four-game stretch. It's not a murderer's row by any stretch of the imagination, just thinking about relative, you know, strengths of the teams inside the conference. But it's not like it's a, you know, an, a, a cupcake schedule, and an easy walk for them to begin conference play. Yeah, and I actually think that's probably going to be, you know, I guess I haven't really looked at the entire slate in a while, but I actually think that might be the easiest uh, stretch of conference play for Kansas the entire season. So um, really the only other thing that, that would maybe compare would be, and it looks like they're, am I crazy? Or are they, oh yeah, they are at Oklahoma State. Um, I think really the only other thing that would maybe compare would be like a, uh, home for Oklahoma, home for Oklahoma State, 
at West Virginia, home for Kansas State. But yeah, I mean, that's the one that I was o- looking at. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Oklahoma is going to be you know better than people think, and you know at West Virginia is never easy, you know even when they're bad. So um, you know it, it's it's a murderer's row again. Um, they're I think the league is is better than I gave it credit for a couple of weeks ago, but maybe not quite as good. Um, as you know, some of the national media are, are giving it credit for being, you know, for example, I, I think Iowa state is due for uh, a little bit of regression. I don't think that they're as good as their numbers would indicate um, just because of the fact that, you know, their, their offense really is not doing much. Um, and I think, you know, when they play some teams with a little bit more athleticism and big 12 play, they're going to be able to score on them. And I don't think their offense is really going to be able to, uh, to keep up. Um, I'm also not, uh, not really buying Texas Tech yet. I mean, they're kind of doing the thing that they did, uh, under, uh, Chris Beard as well, where they, you know, beat the crap out of, you know, some really bad teams and then have really struggled against the better teams. Although they obviously, you know, won a neutral court game against Tennessee, which was, uh, really impressive. But, um, nonetheless, I, I don't think that they're, you know, in the top half of the conference. So, you know, I, I think they, they kind of, need to start out at least three and one here. I mean, you know, obviously going to Stillwater is obviously a, a bit of a bugaboo for them, but they can start out three and one um, into that stretch with, you know, home for West Virginia at Oklahoma at K-State and home for Texas Tech. You know, the first half of their schedule sure seems to be a little bit easier than the second half. So um, I think that's where they need to make some hay and then hopefully, you know, they can hang on for, for dear life in the second half when it gets really, really tough. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I do get your point about how it's probably not sustainable for Iowa State to keep playing as well as they are. Um, but I do think that one of the things that's helping the Big 12 as a whole this year is that they have a lot of really, really, really good defenses. Um, and, the like, the defenses are so good in this conference that it's overcoming the fact that there are some lackluster offenses so far. But when you get into – so, like, you know, Iowa State in a lot of the games they played – their defense locks down so well that they can handle the fact that, you know, they have the 135th best offense, um, you know, against a team like Memphis. You can you can disrupt what they're trying to do so much that it's difficult for them to get going and, you know, and, and really kind of stop what you're trying to do. And so that's where, like, an Iowa State shines. When you get into the Big 12 where there are a ton of other really good defenses, you know, the fact that there's a huge disparity between Iowa State's offense and, say, Kansas' offense is going to get highlighted a lot. Um, because even though Kansas defense isn't as good, at least by the numbers right now, as a team like Iowa State or a team like Texas Tech, their offense is absolutely phenomenal, and it's not like anything that these teams have seen. And so it's a matter of, well, are their defenses going to be quite as good when they're going up against an offense as, as electric and as multifaceted as what the Jayhawks have? And so, you know, that is the big thing. Like, the Big 12 looks phenomenal, I just think, because they're varied enough, but they have such phenomenal defenses across the board that it's really disrupting what other teams are trying to do. Then we're going to get into the Big 12, and they're going to beat up on each other. And, you know, the the overall thoughts about the Big 12 as a whole are going to come down because, hey, they're beating up on each other now. They're not, you know, routing entirely a bunch of other teams from from other conferences. So um, I, I do think that the, the Big 12 SEC Challenge is going to be a really, really good reminder of just how good the Big 12 is. That's you know, smack dab in the middle of January. Uh, I'm sorry, at the very end of January. Um, so that's going to be phenomenal. I, you know, I think there's a good chance that the Big 12 could win potentially, you know, eight or nine of those 10 games just looking at the matchups. 
Um, and so it'll be interesting to kind of see if that if that comes to pass and we we all get reminded about just how good the Big 12 is at that point. But it's definitely one of those things where, yes, I agree. Like Iowa State's probably a little overrated. Texas Tech's probably a little overrated. A lot of those teams have phenomenal defenses, but just okay, you know, or middle-of-the-road offenses are going to come back to earth a little bit just because of how great the rest of the defenses are in the Big 12, that it's not going to be something special that puts them up over the teams that they're playing night in and night out. And look, we talk about just how loaded the Big 12 is this year. There's another thing that's completely loaded. That is the brand new promotion coming from, for basketball, coming the beginning of 2022 for sponsor here on the podcast, Home Field Apparel. Home Field Apparel is the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel anywhere. Uh, they have t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies, uh, joggers, a whole bunch more, all in with fantastic logos from over a hundred different schools that are available right now. They're adding new ones all the time. They have a brand new campaign, big new Saturday BNS season three is coming. It's a bunch of basketball related schools. Now I'm not saying that Kansas is for sure coming, but if they were going to, you know, magically drop Kansas in a way that's going to surprise everybody, it would be with a basketball centric promotion. I have not heard anything for sure. I don't know if it's coming, but Hey, I'm going to hold out hope. I'm going to get me a whole bunch of really, really great, comfortable home field apparel shirts with basketball centric logos because hey we all love basketball here if you're a kansas fan you probably love basketball more than football um so that's what you're going to be looking for anyway there's some fantastic things basketball related go over to homefieldapparel.com take a look at what they have i promise you're going to find you know four or five or six shirts that you really really like that you've got to have you know or sign up for the brand new big new saturday that's coming it's going to be a bunch of like i said eight different basketball related logos that are going to be coming you'll get one a week it's a fantastic deal it's a lot of fun to see what they tease every single week and then get those fantastic shirts use promo code chalk 12 you can get 15 percent off of your entire first order all orders over 100 dollars get free shipping i'm telling you right now go over there find something absolutely great that you are going to love wearing this the most comfortable apparel that you are going to find anywhere Promo code CHALK12 at homefieldapparel.com gets you 15% off that entire first order and all orders over $100 get free shipping. All right. So like you said, that, you know, that, that first stretch, that three and one stretch, and, and hopefully it could be three and oh, if that, you know, get game against Oklahoma. Cause I, I think if, if I'm picking a game that they're likely to lose, just for whatever reason, that's that Oklahoma State game that jumps out to me. Yes, Texas Tech is rated better, but I do agree with you that their offensive problems make that a little bit, I think, easier uh, to see Kansas going down and winning. Um, now, granted, if they haven't played a true road game until that Texas Tech game, then that might be a problem for them. So so we'll have to kind of see. But uh, anything else that jumps out to you about the Big 12 as a whole or the conference schedule coming up or anything like that before we get out here for the night? Uh, well, I, I would love to talk as long as possible because I have to go shovel and it's negative 15 degrees outside. But, uh, unfortunately I think I've exhausted all my big 12 schedule takes. Yeah. Well, and you know what, if you put it off, that just means it's going to get colder tonight, right? Before you actually, <laughs> yeah, exactly. actually go shovel. So, so we'll let you get out of here. But before we do that, random sports minute, what do you have for us? Is it another cricket minute? Well, so uh, it was going to be uh, an update on the Ashes, but it actually uh, Australia just clinched the Ashes as we were uh, recording, so it's not going to be that. Um, the uh, the World Junior Hockey Championship uh, started on the 26th of December, featuring the uh, best under 20 year old hockey players in the world, and it's just kind of you know I love a weird tournament, and this is a weird tournament, so 
Um, it, it's one of those things where it used to be only Canada cared about it. So they won it basically every year and, and the Soviet Union would win a few times back, you know, in the, the days when that existed. But uh, lately it's been dominated mostly by Canada, the United States and Finland. Um, those look to be kind of the, um, the three best teams this year as well. Although it looks like, you know, to my eye, Canada is probably head and shoulders above the other two at this point, but um, kind of interesting, you know, if you're a fan of an NHL team, there's probably, you know, a, a prospect of yours that's uh, playing uh, in the, in the tournament. So it's fun to keep tabs on them. If you're someone like me who, you know, has a degree from a school that plays college hockey, um, odds are you may or may not have a, uh, player, um, on one of the teams from that school. Um, the, uh, the University of North Dakota has a couple of guys on Team USA, including the captain. So I'm, uh, paying a little bit extra attention this year and, and hoping they win, but, um, just a, a fun little tournament. You can find it on NHL Network or, uh, if you're up near the border, uh, on TSN, which is Canada's ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'll definitely have to try to check out as much of that as I possibly can. I, one of those weird people that love to watch any kind of sport. So I, I, that's what I appreciate the most about the random sports minute that we have at the end of every episode that you're on, because I get to learn about all the sports that I'm not watching that I could be wasting my time or as my wife would say, wasting my time watching, um, you know, if I just find the right channel to do it. So, all right, Fetch, that is going to do it for us tonight. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't already, please go out wherever you get your podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other million apps that are out there. Just search for Rock Chalk Podcast so you can subscribe and get every episode as soon as it comes out. Uh, please leave us a rating and a review. Five stars, nice comments would be great. We really are trying to read as many of them as possible uh, coming up here uh, at the beginning of the year. I actually have some time set aside for it. We have some other changes that are potentially coming up for the podcast here at the beginning of the year that I'm super excited to tell you about once they all get finalized. But, um, but definitely leave us a rating and review. I'd be happy to read it here. Regardless of how many stars it is, regardless of what the comments are, we really do appreciate your guys' feedback. So if you want, if you have any, have any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want to try to interview, anything like that, you can contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast.gmail.com or on Twitter at rockchalkpod. Uh, you can find, you, 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 because we're on the Anchor platform, you can actually also leave us a voicemail. Just go to anchor.fm slash rock-chalk-podcast slash message and you can leave a voicemail there. I promise we'll get your voice on the show. Um, we are part of the 1012 network, which means there's a bunch of different great Big 12 podcasts covering all the teams in the Big 12 conference. So you can be up to date on everything happening in this conference, including all the teams that are coming. We just added Texas Tech podcast and a Houston podcast to talk about those particular teams. So you can be up to date on them as well. So head on over to 1012 network on Twitter. That's at TEN12 network. Get links to all the great shows that we have over there. But uh, make sure you visit our sponsors, Symbol, Homefield Apparel. Use promo code CHOCK12 to get great deals with both of them there. Uh, but that's going to do it for us today. Fetch, thanks for, so much for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Welcome to Between Two Bears, the newest 
1012 Network podcast. Uh, this is Matt Isbear. I'm going to introduce my co-host, Evan Abair, uh, to give you a quick idea of what the show is about. Yeah, Between Two Bears is going to be a... It's going to be a great... Sorry. Between Two Bears is going to be a great look at the silly and sometimes stupid... Between Two Bears is going to be a great look at the silly and sometimes stupid side of Baylor sports... Hey, I'm going to try one more time. Between Two Bears... Okay, uh, Evan, Evan's going to go take a nap, um, but we are excited to join the 1012 Network along with the rest of their already great lineup of Big 12 podcasts. Check them out at 1012 Network on Twitter and us as well, at Matt is Bear and at Evan Haybear. Uh, Sick'em Bears. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.